Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Let's get into the Word of God today. We're going to continue where we left off last week. We were talking about the three levels of generosity. And, you know, one of the things that the, the Bible teaches us, these, these principles of, of the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus calls them the keys, and keys give you access. And I feel like it is my responsibility to, um, to teach you the keys and teach you how to access the keys because keys give you access to all of the benefits and the blessings of the kingdom of God. And these principles are powerful and these principles work. When we talk about the principles of the kingdom, we're also, we, we could equate them to the, the laws of nature. It doesn't matter what you do, where you go, the law of gravity will always exist. It's always going to function. It doesn't matter if you, you know, you can believe in your head that the law of gravity doesn't work, throw yourself off the rooftop of your house, it's going to work, and you're going to find out really quick. You, most of y'all are going to float. Most of y'all can't fly. It just, that's just the natural. Well, that, that's how um, the, the principles and the laws of the kingdom work. And so, you know, the, the, king, the keys of the kingdom grant you access. And, you know, one of the things that the Bible teaches us is that giving is one of those keys. There are three critical keys that I believe that every believer, if you want to live a victorious, abundantly blessed life, you need to be utilizing these keys. And those, those keys are giving, praying, and fasting. Now, yes, there are other keys, worship, praise, serving. All of those keys give you access to different things and different keys of the kingdom will unlock different blessings or different levels of blessing. And so we've been talking about generosity. Once again, let me just throw this caveat out there. If you're visiting today, we're not one of those churches that is always teaching on giving. We're not one of those churches that is always asking for money. Honestly, um, if, you, if you hang out with us long enough and you give us a chance, you're going to realize that we don't put a lot of emphasis emphasis on, on giving or on money, but I want you to have these keys. So I think it's important, just like I teach all of the other tough stuff about, about fasting and prayer, that, that I teach you how to live with the keys of the kingdom when it comes to the area of giving and finances, because money and finances are important to God. So today in Del Rio, I was talking about the principle of sowing and reaping. The Bible says that you, you reap what you sow. And, and, you know, a lot of times we, we, we don't get it because we think, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to honor God and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. But that area of money and finances is just something that I'm not ready for. But imagine for a moment that I would invite you to my house and I'd take you to my backyard and, and, and I, we go to the backyard and I say, hey, I want to show you my garden. And I, I take you to this area of the yard and said, there's my garden. And you ask me, well, what seeds did you plant? And I look at you and say, well, I didn't plant any. You'd probably be scratching your head. Well, you can't really call it a garden if you haven't sown any seed, if you haven't planted any seed. No, but you don't understand. I got faith, and every day I come to this piece of ground, and I begin to speak tomatoes into this ground. And jalapenos and cilantro, because I got to make my pico de gallo. So I go out there, and I'm like, in the name of Jesus, there's going to be tomatoes. And I'm, gonna, and I'm going to, you know, jalapenos are going are gonna to produce 
And, and I could have all the faith in the world, and you're going to still act, look at me like I'm crazy. Like, Pastor, what are you smoking? You know? <laughs> Do you have any extra? <laughs> that must be some good stuff. And, but no, like, I just believe and I have faith. Well, the, the Bible also teaches us in James that faith without works is dead. See, when we have true faith, faith is not just hoping and believing. Faith actually means we've got to put in action what we believe. We've got to act on those things that we believe. So I could stand there all day and begin to speak to the ground and begin to declare tomatoes and, and jalapenos and cilantros and mangoes to come forth and nothing's ever going to produce. You're going to be like, Pastor, you're, you're, you're crazy. That doesn't happen. In order for you to reap, you have to sow some seed. That's the way this works. Well, what happens in the natural also happens in the spiritual. See, a lot of people think, man, I just don't have enough money to give. I, I, I can't give to God. So when God blesses me, then I'll give. When you say, when God blesses me, then I'll give, that's the equivalent of me saying, when my land produces tomatoes, then I'll sow tomatoes. That's how it works. It, it, it's, it's the same principle in parallel kingdoms. Well, when God blesses me, and one of the things that I realize when people say, well, I don't have enough money to give, I don't think you have an income problem. I think you have a priority problem. You have a spending problem, which means you're probably spending more than you're bringing in. But I know we, we've all gone there, we've all been there, we, we've been through those, those difficult times, but what I want to teach you today when it talks about, about tithing, and, and that is the first level of generosity, is when you put that principle of tithing in place, it is going to unlock a level of blessing in your life that you could never even imagine. And, and we have many, many, many testimonies, not only here in our Eagle Pass campus and our Del Rio campus, of people who have stepped out in faith. They were much like you. Maybe they, you were a little bit skeptical. Maybe you've been burnt by one of those churches where, you know, the pastor was picking up special offerings every, every Sunday and every Wednesday and every Friday so they could go on vacation, go on a cruise. We don't do that. If you want to send me on a cruise, I won't complain, but... I'll never ask for money for me. That's not what I do. That's not how I believe. But I receive, but also by what I give. That is where my blessing comes from. So when we talk about the three levels of, of generosity, the first level is the level of obedience. Obedience. And, and how do we demonstrate obedience? It is through the tithe and through the first fruits. And what is obedience? Obedience is doing things God's way. It's doing what God says, when he says, and how he says it. We can't do it our way. You know, as a pastor, oftentimes I get into conversations with people, and they love to tell me how they think that church should be. They tell me that all the time. Well, church should do this, and the church should do that, and I think the church shouldn't do this and do that. I say, wait a minute. This is not Burger King. Burger King, you can have it your way. You can go and you can tell them what you want. But this is not Burger King's way. This is the King of Kings way. This is his kingdom and he gets to decide. So we got to take what I think out of it. We've got to take what you think and we got to go to what God thinks. And that's why we go to the word of God. So when, when we look at the word of God and we, we look at obedience, God does not want doggy bags. 
God does not want leftovers. The Bible is very clear that God expects and requires to be your first priority in life. And it's not because he's egotistical. It's because God knows that when he is first in your life, when he is the priority, everything else is going to line up in your life. And a perfect picture and pattern is that of the cross. Imagine a cross. A cross is one vertical, one vertical line with one horizontal line. If that vertical line is straight, directly connected towards heaven, then the horizontal line is straight. Everything's in balance. But the moment that vertical line gets skewed, what happens? Everything else gets askew. So when we look at our relationship with God as that vertical context, as long as our relationship with God is in line, then all of our horizontal relationships are also going to fall in line. They're going to be in balance. And so God in his word tells us that he has to be first. And he tells us when he is first, then he is going to bless everything that we put our hands to do. And tithing is one of the primary ways that we acknowledge that God is first in our lives. So the Bible says this. He says, he tells us, you will reap whatever you sow. But the Bible also says, you will reap according to what you sow. The Bible says, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you're going to, that's just how this whole process works. So God says, you'll reap what you sow. You're not going to reap anything that you haven't sown, but you will also reap according to the quantity that, that you have sown. And so when we do what God says, when he says, then we will be blessed. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled completely and your vats will overflow with new wine. So here is a profound promise. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. That is talking about the principle of tithing, that we honor God. But remember we said that it's not just about if you give, it's also about when you give. Why? Because God requires to be first. So honor the Lord from your wealth, which is tithing. And then he says, and from the first fruits of all your crops, which is the first fruits offering, then your barns will be filled completely and your vats will, be will overflow with new wine. So this is an if-then principle. And this is a principle of covenant. A covenant was an agreement where there was a, that was sealed by an exchange of value. It is a, a, a something that that is sealed in exchange of value. So wherever we, we spend our money directly reflects the priorities of our heart. So we could stand here all day and say, God, you're the first thing in my life. You're the best thing in my life. But the reality is that we can look at your bank statement or credit card statement, and we could determine what has the priority in your life. How do we know that? Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So we have three levels of generosity. The tithes and first fruits. Offerings is the second level. And number three is the extravagant offerings. I like to call them obedience, sacrifice, and worship. So let's tackle that first level uh, one, which is obedience. Now, the Bible makes it clear that we should 
give God the first, that God should be first. We should give God the first of our time. Why do you think we gather today on Sunday? Because we are honoring God with our time. We are honoring God. We're saying, God, the first day of the week, I'm not going to go to the lake. I'm not going to go fishing. I'm not going to go to the park. God, I'm going to show you by, by my calendar, by my agenda, that you are the priority. So the first day of the week, I'm going to go in fellowship and connect with you in your house with your people. You should also give God the first day the first time of your day. When you get up, don't get on Facebook, Instagram, spend some time with God. We have this amazing Bible app that the moment you wake up, it'll send you the verse of the day. Read the verse of the day. Thank God. Thank God for for the day. Thank God for life. Thank God for joy. Thank God for peace. Thank God for provision. Thank God that it's Monday and you have a job to go to because there's a lot of people that are going to wake up tomorrow and they don't have a job and they're going to be wondering where the provision is coming from. Say, God, I thank you because not only do I have a job, but God, you gave me that job and you give me the health and the healing and the strength and the intellect to be able to execute that job. Everything we have comes from you. So God, I'm going to give you the first of my time. We should give God the first of our talents and our gifts, our abilities, those things that God gives us. We should give them back to God. That's what we do when we serve. We use the gifts and the abilities to, to, to honor God. Let me just put it out there. If you don't know how to smile and greet people, don't be a greeter, okay? We have a special place for you. <laughs> We'll find one, but it's not going to be at the front door. Like, Pastor, I want to greet. <laughs> Hopefully nobody's Snapchatting that. I'm sure somebody already did. Pastor, I want to be a greeter. No, that's not your gift. That's not your place, okay? We have amazing people with beauty. Have you ever met somebody that just has a smile that when you, they smile at you, you just feel like the peace of God? Yes, and just through their laugh or just their, their, their countenance that when they, you see them, you just, you just feel the presence of God. Those are the people we want at the door. If that's not you, don't apply, okay? But we should also give God the first of our finances. And that's what tithing and first fruits, first fruits actually is, is giving God our first. So let's look at Malachi chapter 3, 6 through 12. It says, and, and I love this, it says, I am the Lord and I do not change. Why do I start with the scripture? Is because there's a lot of people that say, well, tithing is Old Covenant, it's Old Testament. But the Bible says right here, this is, these are God's words. He says, I am the Lord, and I do not change. And, and one of my, my responses when, when people say, well, pastor, tithing is, is Old Testament, it's not New Testament, Jesus never mentions the New Testament. I say, but also he never said, thou shalt not kill. Is it okay to kill people? Well, well, no, you know. We can't be selective. Bible says thou, in the Old Testament, thou should not steal. In fact, if we want to be truly biblical, we can look at the New Testament. What does Jesus say? Even if you look at somebody with hate in your heart, you already killed them. You're a murderer. Like, Jesus takes it to that next level. And in fact, even though Jesus never mentions the word tithing, do you remember when they were asking Jesus, they were trying to trap him, say, should, should, should the, the Jews give to God or give to Caesar? 
And Jesus tells him, well, give me a money. He says, whose face is on it? So Caesar's. He says, give to Caesar what is Caesar and give to God what is God's. He was saying that you have a responsibility to give to your government, but you also have a responsibility to give to the government of God. So Jesus and his disciples were always living in a fishbowl. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were always trying to trap him. Do you believe that if Jesus was not fulfilling the tithe, don't you think they would have made a deal about that? Because in fact, they weren't fasting on their traditional fast. And so they brought it up to Jesus, how come your disciples aren't fasting? He says, well, because I'm here. There's no point in them fasting. If the point of fasting is to get closer to me. So I'm already here. They're already close. They don't need to fast. But then he says, but there will be a time when the bridegroom leaves and he will no longer be present. Then you're going to see them fast. And we know that after that happened, those boys started fasting like never before. So we know that if they would not have been tithing according to God's law and God's expectation, they would have made a big deal about it. But it says right here, I am the Lord and I do not change. Let's go on. It says, and that is why you descendants of Jacob are, are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's army. But you ask, how can we return to you when we have never gone away? Imagine for a moment, they're, they're going through this period of rebellion, and, and God says, you need to return to me, and they're looking at him like, God, how can we return to you if we're already doing everything? We're going to temple. We're going to church. We go every Sunday. I even serve in kids' ministry. I even serve in hospitality. I'm even a greeter at the door. What do I need to do? But look at, look at what he says. He says, yet you have cheated me. In the King James Version, it says, you have robbed me. And it says, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And the King James says, when did we ever rob you? He said, you have cheated me of the tithes and the offerings due to me. Imagine that for a moment. They were doing all the religious liturgical stuff, but yet they were not honoring God with their finances. Imagine, and when God saw that, he says, you can, you can say and you can do everything you want on a religious context, but your heart is far away from me. Why? Because where your heart is, there your treasure is. And where your treasure is, there your heart is. That's what God was saying. They, were, they thought, man, we're good because we're going to church. We're, we're meeting that religious obligation. Like some of you come on the quarterly plan. Some of you are on the monthly plan. Some are, are you on the, the biannual plan. We call you Christers, Christmas and Easter, which you're not here, but maybe you'll watch it online sometime. Some of you are on the weekly plan. I love you guys. And they're like, but how, how did we cheat you? He says, because you're not honoring me in the area of my finances. Remember we said that God will bless those areas that you submit and surrender to him. So it is possible to be blessed in other areas and not blessed in your finances. How many of you want to be blessed in your finances? And don't lie. Those of you that have enough money, don't have any financial worries, man, show us how you do it. But I think all of us, if we're being real, like we want to be blessed. 
I want to be blessed. I want to give God more money. I want to be able to bless other people. I, I want to be able to give without, without measure, without even thinking. It, there, there's no, it's not wrong to want to be blessed. And the way that we honor God and we submit and surrender our finance to God is through the principles of tithing and offerings. And so he says, you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do says the Lord. Remember that if then. He says, if you do this, I will open the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. The Bible says that God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that when this was spoken by the prophet Malachi in the Old Testament, that God is the same. And if God did it for them, then don't you think that God will do it for you? He says, if you honor God with your tithes and your offering, he says, I am going to open up the windows of heaven over your life and pour out a blessing that you don't even have room enough to take it in. But then you know what he says? He says, try it. Put me to the test. In the King James, it says, prove me now in this. This is the only time in scripture that God ever says, try it out. Why? I think God knew that area of finances was going to be very difficult for most of us to live. But God is putting a money back guarantee here. He says, just try it out. Prove me now. And see, if you put me first and you honor God with that first 10%, that I will open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out so much blessing that you won't be able to contain it. I'm going to overflow. And he says, put me to the test. He says, your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. And all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight says the lord of heaven's army how many of you want the windows of heaven opened over your life some of you are like i don't want to raise my hand because i know that means i got a tithe and we're recording the audience right now so we know God wants you blessed. And he's saying, if you do this, then I'm going to bless you. So let's talk a little bit. What is the tithe? Tithing means a tenth. It's just a fancy word for a tenth. So when we talk about the tithe, the Bible says that we are to give God the first 10% of all of our increase. Well, actually, we're going to return to God a tenth of all our increase. Notice I said tithing is returning and not giving. One of the things that I hate when people say is I've got to pay my tithes. And I see pastors up here too that sometimes they'll say we've got to pay our tithes. No, you don't pay your tithes like you pay the light bill or the water bill. Like you pay your mortgage. Why do we return to God the tithe? Because the tithe belongs to him. We talked about it last week. The tithe belongs to him. It's like if I give Justin, let's say I owe Justin $90, hypothetical, okay? It's not for real, for real, okay? I owe him $90, and I give him $100. I said, man, I don't have change, but here's $100. Next Sunday, give me $10 back. So he comes back on next Sunday. I mean, if you want to do that, I won't mind. The first part's hypothetical, but if you want to do that, I don't mind. And he comes back and says, Pastor Brian, here's the $10. Did he give me anything? What did he do? He just returned 
to me what was mine. Do you think I'm be like, oh, Justin, you're the best. I'm so glad you're here at Access Church, man. You're just so generous. Thank you. No, he didn't actually give me anything. He just returned to me what was already mine. And so the way that God operates, we know that God is the blesser, that God is the provider, and everything we receive comes from him, and within what you receive is also his portion. But why does God do that? Because God doesn't trust, God trusts you like Uncle Sam doesn't trust you. See, Uncle Sam will take out what belongs to him because Uncle Sam knows you're not always going to pay what belongs to him. So he says, I don't trust you. I'm going to pull it out first. But God doesn't operate that. Why? Because God wants you to make the choice that you are going to honor him and love him. So when you get paid, in that paycheck is what belongs to God. And so when we tithe, we're taking that first 10% and we're returning it, not giving to God. Why? Because everything we have comes from him. Look at David's attitude, 1 Chronicles 29, 10 through 14. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. Um, look at David's attitude. Would David understand? He goes, God, everything is yours in the heavens and on the earth. Then he says, oh, Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to? to you. Everything we have has come from you, and we only give you what you first gave to us. That was David. David was like, how, I'm not, even when I give God offerings and extravagant offerings and sacrifices, God, I'm just returning back to you because I recognize that everything I have, it, all, it came from you. It belongs to you. Everything belongs to you. That was David's attitude. That's why David said, I, I, what, who am I and my people that we can give you anything because anything we give you, we already got back from you first. But isn't God so gracious that God doesn't expect you to give him everything back? He said, let's just start with the first 10%. And when you give that first 10%, the Bible says that he takes it. Remember, we, we talked about the 10 meaning the whole. So God is so good that you give 10%, but God blesses you like you gave it all. That's a pretty good deal. Right? For most of us, I don't want to get in trouble politically like I did last Sunday. So I'm going to leave it there. For most of us, that's a pretty good deal. God says, I don't need you to give it all, but give me the first 10% and I'll bless you so greatly that it's like you gave it all. So it's not just if we give, it's when we give that matters. Remember, we talked about the story of Cain and Abel. Genesis 4, 3, and 5, it says, So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of, the, and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offerings, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. And ultimately, we know that Cain ended up killing Abel. 
But look what it says, that in the course of time, what does that mean? That Cain gave some in the course of time. When it was convenient, he didn't give God when he was supposed to give to God. And why? Because his heart was in a different place. He didn't give him the first, and he didn't give to him first. And it says that Abel gave to him first, the firstling of the flock and of the fat portions. And when God saw his offering, he looked and blessed Abel's offering, but not Cain's. They both brought offerings. Some people said, well, God is a good God. It doesn't matter what, anything I bring. And whenever I bring it, no, understand that God's principles are very clear. He looked at Abel's offering with, with favor, and he looked at Cain's offering with this, this favor. So this principle of giving God first is very, very powerful. In other words, what we give to God, we don't lose because God will always redeem it for us. Because God, what we give God, God will, will not withhold anything from us. And we see this principle in, in the pattern of Scripture. Do you remember when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt? They were given the promised land. Within the promised land, which was called Canaan, there was eight major cities that were, that were a part of Canaan. And, and the first city they were going to go to was Jericho. And that was the walls. A lot of believers think it was only Jericho. But that was just the first city with the big walls. And the walls came tumbling down, right? God told Moses, says, when you, in Joshua, when you go in there, all of the spoils of Jericho, you're not going to keep for yourself. You're going to give them to me. And then he said, but the next eight cities, everything that is left belongs to you. So God is saying, all I need is the first. I don't need all, I'm giving you all nine cities, but I don't need you to give me the spoils of all nine cities. Just give me the first one. And if you give me the first one, then I'll bless whatever's left. Once again, most of us would take that as a good deal. So it's what we do first that matters. Paul writes it this way, Romans eleven sixteen. If the first portion of the dough offered is holy, then the whole batch is holy. And if the root is holy, so too are the branches. Branches. So if we give God first, then God redeems or blesses the rest. So we give God the first, and what happens? He puts a supernatural blessing on the 90%, which is 100% of our income, of our money. God puts a supernatural blessing. Then when you give out of that, then that seed that you're going to sow in the next level is going to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. And we'll talk about that next time. Now, unfortunately, most believers never even get to that first level. They struggle with that 10%. Do you realize that every survey and study done says that only about 14% of the people that actively attend church and call themselves Christians actually tithe consistently? Only 14%. Let me give you some, you want to hear some good news? Axis Church is way above that. Can you give God some praise for that? But that tells me the truth is, is that most believers struggle with tithing. Many people who intend to tithe, they think they are, but they actually aren't. See, the reality is very few believers ever get to that first rung of the ladder of giving. And consequently, they never even get a glimpse of the joy, the fun, and blessing available at the higher levels. Has anybody ever been able to bless somebody extravagantly? Has anybody, just raise your hand. I can't really see, but just raise your hand. Anybody, and, and I know, but pastor, the Bible says don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Okay, nobody's going to look. Just raise your hand. No, none of you guys. I know some of y'all have it because I've seen it and I've heard it. 
But how do you feel? Like, I, I, knew, I know a couple of years ago we had uh, uh, people give $1,000 to help us rent a bus. We had people give $1,000 for the legacy. Don't you just feel good when you honor and you bless somebody and, and, and you make a difference? Maybe they were going to have a Christmas and all of a sudden you show up and now they have Christmas. Like, it just feels amazing. Let me tell you, that is where I want to live. I want to be, be blessed to be a blessing because, man, there's so much joy. Before, when I was younger, the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. I'm like, what are you talking about, Willis? Obviously, it's better to receive than give. But when you walk in that level of extravagant giving, you realize what the Bible means, that it's better to give than to receive. I'm not blessed by what I receive. I'm blessed by what I give. But those of us who get to that first level, Usually we'll move on to the next one. Why? Because tithing removes the curse and opens the windows of heaven over us. I love the way the King James Version says it, that when you tithe, the Bible says that he will rebuke the hand of the devourer. The hand of the devourer is that thing that shows up. All of a sudden, your, your water heater breaks down. The radiator breaks in your car. Your transmission goes out. It just seems like, it seems like that goes on. But the Bible says that when you tithe, that he will rebuke the hand of the devourer. That means when the devil and the minions want to mess with your water heater, God puts an angel and says, uh-uh, buddy, don't mess with this one. Go to the neighbor's house. When he wants to mess up in your radiator and give you a flat tire, God puts an angel out there, uh-uh, you're not going to flat this tire because they got to get to work on time. But pastor, I've had those situations. Yeah, but let me tell you, those of us that tithe, even when we go through that, God always gives us an upgrade. God always takes us to the next level. God always has a way of taking what the enemy meant for evil and he turned it around for good. And when God does that, I know the devil's like, but I created this havoc and this tragedy to destroy you, to hurt you. But God turned it around to bless you. Yes, that's what happens when you honor God. And let me tell you, these are not just my testimonies. We get to hear them all the time from those of you that consistently honor and give to God. God doesn't need your money. The Bible says the earth is his and all the fullness thereof and all that inhabit belong to him. God doesn't need you to give. You need to give so that whatever you get will be blessed. Exodus 23, 19 says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of your Lord your God. Notice that the scripture designates the house of the Lord as the proper place to give your first fruits and your tithe. It doesn't say to give it to a ministry, a missionary. We don't give, let me just put this out there. You don't give your tithe to me. I've heard people say, oh, we give our tithe to Pastor Brian. And people say, well, that's why I don't go to church. No, you don't give your tithe to a pastor. You don't even give your tithe to a church. Do you know who you give your tithe to? You give it to God. You give it through the avenue of the church. But I don't get your tithe. It doesn't, it doesn't go to me. We have trustees, Matt and Mario, that that manage and administer the tithes and get, get the deposits together. I don't even touch it because you don't give your tithe to me. Your tithe, you give it to God. But notice it says you bring your tithe 
into the house of the Lord. So we give our tithe to God, not a church, not a pastor, not a television or radio ministry, not to an evangelist or not even to a missionary. It doesn't say to give your tithe or your first fruits wherever you want. It says to bring them into the house of the Lord. But the principle of the kingdom is this. You give your tithe wherever you eat. Can you imagine if I go to if I go to McDonald's and I order a number number four combo? I know some of y'all know what that is. I don't. And I say, I already paid at Burger King. Right? They'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> but I paid at Tacos Morales. I got El Mariachi. Any fans of El Mariachi? Hey. That's the best one. And I, I can't, well, I already paid at Tacos Morales. Can I have a Big Mac? No. They're like, you give where you eat. You pay where you eat. That's the principle of the kingdom. Some people want to give their tithe to John Hagee and Joel Osteen. But you're not eating there. You're eating here at Access Church. You know, people say, Pastor, come pray for me. I said, go get John Hagee to go pray for you. Give your tithe over there. A ver, a ver, a ver si llega, huh? They don't even know your name. It says, you give your tithe to God and you bring it into the house of the Lord your God. And we don't get to decide how we're going to give or use our tithes. Some people say, well, I bought toilet paper for the church, so I'm good. Like, I found the loophole. I brought some Kleenex. Pastor, I'm going to pay for the donuts. And you're just doing that because you don't want to tithe. No, you do not get to decide how you spend God's money. You don't say, well, I'm going to buy supplies. I'm going to buy an instrument. I'm going to buy uniforms. I'm going to buy, you know, children's church. Or I buy snacks for the kids. No, that you do out of the goodness of your heart, out of your money. But you can't give that to God because the Bible says very clear that you give your tithe to God in the house of the Lord. And it says, Leviticus 27.30, Thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, and it is holy to the Lord. So we must always give to the Lord's house first. Now let me close with this. I know it takes faith to give God first. I get it. We, we've all been there. I know when you're struggling, you're living check to check, 15th and 30th, like, I know. But let me tell you, as someone who has lived there and walked it out. See, sometimes we think that when, when God blesses us with more money, it's going to be easier to give. But I've learned something, that if you can't give in the little, you'll never be able to give in the big. And I get it. It takes faith. So back in the early 90s, I know, imagine I was very, very young. We were youth pastors. And, man, we were banking. I was making 150 bones a week, baby. Woo! That's a lot of money, like $150 a week. That's what my salary was for a full-time youth pastor. And we were banking. They see me rolling. Well, even in the early 90s, 150 wasn't a lot of money, okay? So usually by Wednesday, we were out. And then not only that, we would buy groceries. And since we were youth pastors, the youth were always at our house. And lo and behold, they always show up when we come home with the groceries. And they would eat all the groceries the day they show up. So the next few days, we didn't have groceries until next week. We were feeding everybody's kids. That's just how it is, youth ministry. Man, and there were some moments, I get it, I know. But let me tell you, even in those moments,
where there was slim. We didn't know where it was going to come from. God always came through. Because even when it was $15 a week, those of you that don't know 10%, that's why God used 10% because he knew some of you all would struggle with math. He said, let's just make it easy. <laughs> just move the decimal point. Yeah, we'll make it easy. We don't want to complicate. Can you imagine if you made it 12.5? Some of you are like, God, I can't even figure it out. But we would honor God with that $15 every week. And God was always faithful. I remember it was in January. And, and that church that we were serving at, they didn't believe in first fruits. And, and I thought, man, I found the loophole. Because honestly, I didn't know how to give. I was like some of y'all. And so I thought, this church doesn't do first fruits, so I'm good. I don't have to give my first fruits this year. And said, was like, uh-uh, we know. And we're still going to give. Yeah, but they don't do that here. <laughs> He's like, but we know. I said, but we're going to give all of the 150. Oh, let me. We're already making 175. Woof. Yeah, we got a raise. And, and we're going to give all 175. And she goes, yes. And granted, we didn't have leftover from the week before. We didn't have groceries. I said, how are we going to live? I said, when you get hungry, don't be complaining to me. Well, lo and behold, it, this is not a lie. That next week, every day, somebody took us out to eat or brought us food. We ate better than we would have had if I would have kept my $175. And God says, see, I told you to prove me. I told you to try me out. I told you to test me now in this and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven. I get it. It takes faith to give God first. But let me tell you, if you step out, maybe you're in that moment where, man, you're, you're, you're in a really strong financial bind. But let me tell you, you'll never get out of it until you begin to prioritize and put God first. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about something that I haven't seen, that I haven't lived, that I haven't experienced. I'm talking to you not because of what other people told me. I'm telling you because I've been there and I've seen the blessing when you begin to honor God. God will definitely open up the windows of heaven. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to go through tough times. That doesn't mean you're not going to get fat, flat tires. Your water heater is not going to go out. That doesn't mean that your AC is not going to go out when it's 120 degrees outside. It just means that even in those things, God is still going to come through like never before. So all I can do is encourage you and challenge you. Wherever you're at right now, don't let the devil win this fight. Don't let the devil win this argument. If the devil's fighting you, there's got to be a reason. Think about that. If the devil was, if, if, if tithing was not good, he'd be like, go ahead and give it. Do it. Do it. Go ahead. Yeah, just give it. See what happens. You do that, the kickapoo, you might as well do that church. Pastor, how did you know I was there on Friday? I saw it on Facebook. I think it has. It's all good as long as you tie that or whatever you win. I'm just kidding. He says, try me now in this and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven. One of these days we need to have a testimony service where people who have tried God and seen God's hand of faithfulness and blessing open up in their lives 
If I can't convince you, if the Word of God convince you, maybe they can because God is true. Will you stand? Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for your Word and thank you for the keys that unlock the levels of blessings in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.